0: This is the book of the year. I agree. You need to read it. You will take your language of emotions to a whole other level. You will be able to better serve your spouse, your friends, your children, your coworkers.
1: Yeah. This is going to help you step it up. So. I agree with that. And I wanna add to this too, like if you're a leader of a company or a corporation or you're a business owner, the power of this, and like I said, I need to reread it, but you've gotta listen to the Audible because her narrating it is powerful. Hi, I'm Deanna Robbins. And I'm
0: Christy North. Welcome to Pieces of a Woman podcast, where we explore all the pieces
1: that make up a woman, mind, body, and soul. By embracing all complexities of being a woman, our goal is to share real stories that inspire growth and empower all women to be the best versions of themselves. And as Maya Angelou so eloquently said, when we know better, we do better.
0: Thank you for taking this journey with us. So we're here today doing an episode that we've not done throughout season one or season two. But first, we want to share with you that this episode will be the last episode of season two. Deanne and I are going to be getting to work over the next couple of months, launching season three, which will drop on Wednesday, August 3rd. Yeah, we're so excited. So if you haven't listened to some of our other episodes, the next couple of months is a great time for you to do that. So hopefully you have access to all of those on whatever platform you're listening to. But in the meantime, we're going to continue sharing them and launching them so that they'll be easily accessible for you to listen. So with that, today, Deanna and I thought that we wanted to bring a book to you. If you have not read this particular book, we know you've heard about her. Yeah, I don't know anybody that does not know Brene Brown. And both Deanna and I are big fans of Brene. And so we just finished, Deanna finished it a little bit earlier than I did. I'm in the finishing phase of the book, but it was such a powerful book that we felt like we need to put this out there. We need to do a review on it, talk about how it's impacted us. And so consider this a review your favorite book episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love it because so many people do book clubs. And I know this has been a really popular book for people in book clubs. And so today we're talking about Atlas of the Heart. So Brene Brown's latest book, it was released in the, well, in the fall, I want to say November timeframe, I think it was, but then it wasn't released on Audible until February of this year. And so a lot of people waited. And I have to say, I love having the book, but the Audible, listening to the Audible is hearing her translate it and articulate it. Oh yeah, she's so
0: powerful. And you brought this to my attention when it came out or when it was released. And so I kind of sat, I wanted the Audible version of it. I kind of sat on it, forgot about it. And really what happened is I kind of lost what the book was really about. Yeah. So I had this kind of- expectation of what this book was going to be. And it was not even close <laughs> to what I thought. Yeah. So you got the book, which I think is probably the best thing to do as far as being able to keep notes. Yeah, She's got a lot of information in there that you want to be able to reference again. I listened to the Audible as well, and I love that she narrates
1: it. And yeah. I, I thought it was Probably one of the second best books I've read this year so far. Oh my gosh, I love that. And so for our listeners, if you don't, by some weird chance, don't know who Brene Brown is. She also has a couple of podcasts. So she's got Dare to Lead and Unlocking Us. And Unlocking Us, she actually has a three-part episode um series talking about the book. So it's a good place to start if you're like, oh, I don't know if I want it or whatever, but kind of go listen. So I kind of knew what it was all about. She is a shame researcher. She is the she's had a TED Talk which really launched her career on vulnerability. And created just this movement on shame and vulnerability.
0: Crazy. Where we were just not even having that conversation in fact, yeah. our age, we were
1: avoiding it. For sure. And she just brought it to front and center and said, "No,
0: we're yeah. talking about
1: it. Yeah, she's awesome. I would love to. Ha- I would love to meet her. Number one, I would love to sit and just have a conversation with her. She's so intelligent. She's funny. Oh my gosh. She's, she's so relatable. Funny. Yeah. I
0: think what I love about her the most is that she shares the stories that we all probably have had at some level. Yeah. That don't dare to say.
1: Oh, for sure. And she
0: puts it out there, and yeah. then she makes you feel like you're okay. Instead of having that shame, she helps you to kind of like take that shame away. And she just makes you feel, she's so relatable. She makes you feel like
1: it's okay. And that's one of the things I love about her so much. Yeah, I 100% agree. And she's got two, she's got twin sisters that one works with her, but they're fascinating to hear when they all get in a dialogue together. They're pretty entertaining. But why I think this book is so powerful, and she talked about it being so good to share with your teens. Because her whole point about this book is without this is a quote in her book without understanding how we feel and what our, and our thoughts and behaviors work together, it's almost impossible to find our way back to ourselves and to each other. So the limits of our language mean the limits of our world. And sometimes we don't understand, and I'm totally guilty of this like, understand how do i articulate how i'm really feeling and what am i really feeling right now well and and that's kind of the big message
0: for her is that language is everything yeah and most of us can get really hung up without even realizing when we're communicating an emotion yeah we kind of use general terms and you know she gives an example in one of her podcasts where she talks about calling up someone and saying i am really pissed right now i'm just angry and i'm pissed off yeah but as you as you actually kind of process the emotion and you can talk to somebody that can receive and hold space for you as you're talking through, you start to realize it's not really that you're pissed or anger. You're probably yeah. having emotions of grief or despair. And we just have never really put it in front of ourselves that yeah. way, or at least had it taught to us that way, yeah. that to allow us the space to process it. And if we can't process it, like she says we can't connect we with can't ourselves yeah we can't communicate and we can't connect with others yeah and there's another piece that she talks about that language does not communicate what we are feeling it doesn't simply communicate what we are feeling it shapes it yeah and when you bring shape to your language that's where the magic yeah. happens and where we can start connecting and
1: processing yeah oh my gosh That's so good so if you haven't already listened to it, but I'm, I'm glad if you have, you're going to probably enjoy this conversation a little bit more because you'll relate to some of it. But there are in the chapters, Christy and I were kind of comparing notes because I was doing a takeaway of every chapter. I had something that I kind of resonated with me. I mean, I actually have a lot of work to do, but <laughs> all the different chapters have topics like the first chapter, just to give you an idea of how it goes, chapter one is places we go when things are uncertain or too much, which talks about the emotions of stress, overwhelm, anxiety, worry, avoidance, dread, fear, vulnerability. And it kind of, it dives into each of those emotions and how is it showing up? So you want to start with what resonated with you in any of the chapters, any of the chapters. Yeah.
0: So there were a few that probably, you know, Hit home to me. Actually, I would imagine if I'm being honest, um, there was something in every chapter that hit home for me. Yeah. One was the comparison chapter and how when we compare, we are really taken away from ourselves. Yeah. And she gives an example of when she's in a, when she's swimming and she's in a pool and she's looking at the person to the right or looking at the person to the left and how they're doing.
1: And and then saying,
0: you know, Brene, stay in your own lane. Just focus on your lane. Uh And I thought, oh, my gosh. So I I can relate that to when I'm at the gym. (laughs) (laughs) And I notice how much I'm comparing myself at Orange Theory. We're giving Orange Theory a plug here as I'm comparing myself and how much it kind of sucks the energy out of me where if i could just focus on what i'm doing
1: mm-hmm.
0: right then and there how much more powerful i am when i'm not comparing myself to others if i'm just more focused on
1: myself yeah i know it's it's so true comparison it happens in every industry it happens personally i mean social media i think comparison is a big one right i think one of the one of the items that hit me was I mean, there's so many. Uh, the difference between envy and jealousy. So we always say, "Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous you're going on that trip. That sounds like so much fun." When really we're envious. Like I, I envy that you get to go on that trip. It sounds so fun. But jealousy has just kind of become part of our culture of saying that. When really jealousy is a worse behavior than saying I'm envious. And she really kind of puts it out there and and helps you to understand that
0: we're using the words wrong. Yeah. So what else hit you? I would say the other chapter that she talks about grief and anguish. And I was so taken back by that chapter because I had never really understood the definition of anguish. So the last five years, I have been using grief as my go-to word in terms of explaining where I'm at emotionally at any time that I'm in that headspace yeah with processing and so she goes into this beautiful explanation of anguish and I was in my car driving and the tears just started flowing because she talks about the difference between grief and anguish she shares yeah. that anguish is used to express when something so traumatic happens to you that it literally takes you to your knees. Yeah. And I just sat there thinking, that's it. That was it. If I had that word to really communicate what I was feeling. And and, I mean, it's so simple, right? Of course, anguish. Yeah. But I didn't use that word. I never used that word. And I didn't know how to describe what I was feeling and that emotion that would come up over me. And it was literally just took me out, took the breath out of me, took me to my knees. And that word would have created so much power for me and the people that were supporting me if I could have described my emotions at that time.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, just saying that is so powerful because we sit there and we talk, you know, there's a difference between, well, I'm sad and I'm, I'm grieving and anguish. Like they're they're so different. Yeah, And yeah, you're right. I think that's, and that's chapter six, by the way, that's places we go when we're hurting. Talks a lot about despair and hopelessness as well in that chapter.
0: And I think, you know, most of us, there's some of us out there that are very knowledgeable. They have a very clear understanding of the words that we're talking about. But I would guess that most of us have a surface level and we have a practice of just using the words we know. Oh, for sure. And definitely not exploring this extensive language that really could better serve us and our people that are listening to us when we're communicating our
1: feelings. Well, and, and really identifying it. What is the difference? So, you know, yeah, exactly. Discover
0: adventure. Discover luxury. Discover Moab with exclusive retreats for your next vacation or event. Wake up to amazing views only minutes from Utah's most breathtaking national and state parks and Moab's best shopping and dining. Enjoy your fully stocked vacation home with private pool and hot tub. Every room is a luxurious private suite, plus daily made service and private chefs are available. Exclusive retreats. We're not your home away from home. We are better. Book today at exclusiveretreats.com.
1: Any others? Did any others stand out to you? Yeah, I
0: I can't tell you the chapter, but she does a
1: chapter on irony and sarcasm. Oh yeah, that's chapter five. And so (laughs) places we go when things aren't what they seem.
0: And who would have thought that you would be, or myself, I would be (laughs) taking this chapter and processing this word at a level of, you know, being able to reflect and go, shit, I've used that with my children at yeah. a level of where, you know, we think we're being funny and we're being sarcastic. And what I took away from that chapter, she talks about one, obviously the difference between irony and sarcasm. She shares that most children under the age of nine do not really develop the brain development that happens to be able to receive sarcasm and process does not happen until yeah. after the age of nine. But really, is a process that they go through for years before they can get to a point that you can have someone be sarcastic with you and you have the ability to process it and understand it from the perspective of the person giving it. Right. So when you're talking about a six-year-old to maybe nine or 10, we think it's okay, but they are probably receiving that information and and it's creating shame, Mm -hmm. embarrassment, fear. And of course, that's translating into their older years where they react yeah. to sarcasm in a not a very accepting yeah. way. And so that was big for me. I had to I had to take a look back and feel some pain points on how often we used sarcasm with our kids and what that probably did to them and so yeah you know, she says her and her husband, Steve, made a pact that they would not use sarcasm with their children. Yeah. And I think that was a big takeaway. So for those of you that use sarcasm, I think there's a time, a place, and an age to bring sarcasm into the picture. Well,
1: and I, to echo that, I think we're all guilty. Like, I wish she would have wrote this book before we had children. (laughs) Oh, and actually, before we got married. I mean, our- Times are shifting, and I think the power of how we communicate is shifting. And this is just, this is a huge part. Like, we talk about that all the time. And the more we know, once we know, our favorite quote, Maya Angelou, when we know better, we do better. better. And this is just part of that journey, is we're learning to do better, and we're learning to communicate better. But yeah, there I will say, for all our listeners out there, there's probably more than one emotion That will resonate with you or one that you go, oh, I wouldn't have identified it that way. One for me was resentment. We, I know a lot of times in my life and it's, I'm not proud to admit it, but I know that I would feel resentment for somebody. But when I really do dive in and look at it, it's because I either didn't set the expectation, didn't communicate something, did not set boundaries. And then I just, I wouldn't say anything. And then I would resent them. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't really their fault. And then I met at myself. So you go through this whole cycle of, oh, my gosh, well, I resent them. Well, it was kind of my fault. And then you go through the shame and, you know, you start belittling, you know, your decision, second guessing. So, yeah. And that's a big one. Oh, my gosh. That's a big one. There are many, many um, takeaways for me. And I, and I will say to our listeners, I have read the book partially, listened to the entire book have listened to the podcast. I have taken notes and I need to read it again. Like I have to start back over and go through it again because there's so much, it's so deep on some level. She also has an HBO special and I haven't seen that yet, um, where she has an audience and she's, I don't, I don't really know how, how it's going into the book, but it's on HBO and I need to get that. But well, her sisters asked her, who is your
0: audience for this book? And yeah, she shares yeah. that her dream audience is a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. It's teenagers, teenagers, yeah. parents and teenagers. Yeah. It's leaders and workers. I mean, it's, and I felt like it. it's encompasses so many relationships. Oh yeah. But as you mentioned, you know, if you'd had this book in your twenties or thirties, how much that would change your life today. And I just, I keep thinking, wow, why hasn't this been written before? You know, yeah. it's English on like level 500 yeah. where, you know, here we are in our fifties, you and I are in our fifties and we're looking yeah. at these words going, what? Yeah. How did we not know this? And, and why do we feel like we're just learning this? So yeah. there's a lot I of agree. people out there that these words are not new. The definitions and meanings are not new. And, but there's so many of us that just have a surface level understanding and so we're not
1: communicating as effectively as we could. So Right right. And I think I think the power also is, you know, we're in a time where, you know, we talk a lot about mental health. And as a society we're thank God we're talking more about mental health. But I think a big component of understanding mental health is Understanding your emotions—we're not meant to just be happy all the time. We're not meant to just be monotone. It's okay to dive in. What do you say? lean into? To lean in. To lean into—it's sometimes very uncomfortable to lean into an emotion you don't like. So leaning into that emotion, leaning into resentment—I don't like that about myself. Just what I'm saying, like I don't like feeling resentful, but I'm the cause of why that happened in the first place. In in most cases, self reflecting, self reflecting. Is- but that's what I—that's what I think is so beautiful about it. This really ties into mental health, in in my eyes, that's how I see it.
0: Well, you bring up something that I wanted—I want to ask you. So she and her sisters, Brene Brown and her sisters, they talk about how much, you know, they have that ability with each other when something's going on, when something big is happening yeah. for them emotionally, they can pick up the phone and call that person. And that yeah. person can be on the other and listening without judgment. Yeah. You know, even if even if the person that's sharing is just saying, I just did this. I am ashamed of what I've just done. I, yeah. I can't believe I reacted this way or I'm responding this way. Like yeah. you're talking about resentment. You yeah. you're dissecting it and you're realizing that you probably could have handled it differently. Yeah. And I, you know I'm looking at that, going, do I have that person that I can call when I am probably acting like I'm having a tantrum? I'm <laughs> never over something, country. whatever, whatever that looks like, um, you know. I'm or I'm having yeah. an emotion about something my kids said or did, or something a friend said or did, and I'm just like, I'm, my insecurities are on level ten. My yeah. insecurities are coming out, or yeah. or whatever the case is. That person I can call without judgment, and and what I'm getting at is that. Part of that conversation is if I'm calling up saying I'm pissed yes, or I'm angry and that person that's listening, how are they going to support me through that? Yes. Because what we really got to do is dive into why am I pissed and angry? What emotion is really trying yeah. to show up and articulating yeah. that so that you can process it? Yeah. Do you feel yeah. like you have that? Do you feel like you have a person you can do that with? Oh, yeah. Which is amazing.
1: Oh, I feel like oh, I to that with you. <laughs> I'm sure I'm one of many. I, I, no, I mean, I, I would say that I struggle with vulnerability. Yeah. You know, and that is something from our childhood where you've always got to be strong. You've always got to be the one who keeps it together. And, you know, Brene and her sisters had a lot of that growing up and, and some of their their childhood trauma that they had. But I think for you and I, I mean, I just want to be this constant, this steady. So I have a harder time the other way. Being vulnerable and spilling all that stuff. Like, I'll just deal with it. Yeah. But what my biggest takeaway that I have gotten from this book, I will say, is trying to hold space for others in that light. Because it is, it is not as easy. If you completely disagree with what somebody is doing or saying, right? Like, yeah. I just experienced it this week where this person is telling me this story and i feel i'll be honest i was sitting i was trying to be very like let them speak i want to be that place for them i didn't agree with what they were saying like i think they're the cause of a lot of their own problem right but i was just trying to hold space for how they felt and they get into that in this book about you know how are we responding to somebody's and so that has really hit me of like okay how's my reaction what is my response? And am I really honoring this person? Because I may completely disagree with them, their emotions and their whatever. Like I'm, it might be something that you're like, why are you upset over that? That seems so stupid. Instead of saying that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. I might feel it, but I'm trying to hold a space and be better about like, just let them vent, just let them talk, just support them and their emotion right now. You don't have to agree with it, and You don't have to fix it. And you don't have to, you know what I mean? And and no self or no
0: judgment. No judgment. Just holding space. And I mean, that's a huge takeaway. Yeah. So if you've not read Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown, and you have listened to most of our episodes this season, you know that this season, this year was a, the new you in 22. Yeah. This is the book of the year. I agree. You need to read it. You will... Take your language of emotions to a whole other level. You will be able to better serve your spouse, your friends, your children, your coworkers. Yeah. This is going
1: to help you step it up. So I agree with that. And I want to add to this too. Like if you're a leader of a company or a corporation or you're a business owner, the power of this, and like I said, I need to reread it, but I I'm the same. I encourage everybody to. Just, you've got to listen to the Audible because her narrating it is powerful. We hope you enjoy. Go get you Atlas of the Heart through Audible or order your book. We'll see you August 3rd. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think someone could benefit, please share. If there's a conversation you think we should be having or a topic that resonated with you, please let us know. You can engage and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pieces of a Woman Podcast.
0: Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. If you listen to us on Apple, leave us a five-star rating and a comment.